you're definitely not going to get a Windows 95 man at San Remo, I'm suspecting. Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode 218, dropping on February 13th, 2024. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm here with our special guest, Trip Payne. Hey, Trip. Hola, me bebe bebe. Uh, in this episode, we'll be talking about the results from Finland's UMK, Italy's San Remo, and Latvia's Supernova. Welcome back to the show, Trip. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Ben is currently traveling, coming back from UMK, so we will catch up with him in the next episode. Uh, Trip, I promise at some point you will be on the show when Ben is also on the show. <laughs> I am utterly taking this personally. I don't know what I've done to him, but clearly it was something very bad. I have this imaginary beef playing in my head that for some reason you two cannot be even in the same virtual room without going like full Real Housewives. So. Yeah, some puzzle of mine must have stumped him and he just can't get over it. Was this your first foray into selection season? I, I feel like we kind of dropped you into the deep end a little bit. Well, that was exactly going to be my remark. I've only been into Eurovision now for really like three years. And so I was really surprised when you asked me to be in a selection episode like this. Uh, and yeah, so you started me off easy with San Remo and UMK. Thank you so much. It was really enlightening. I have a lot of questions, but uh, yeah, it was very fun to do this once. I think this was a good mix this weekend. Like, it's not going to be like next weekend, which is packed to the gills with selections from uh, some of the more eccentric countries, I'll, I'll say. Uh. <laughs> how, how do you do this? <laughs> like, I, and more importantly, why do you do this? No, uh, this is so much. <laughs> I honestly do not understand. It took me a long time to get all of this done in one week. I do not get how physically you can make the hours to do this. I struggle with that question every time that we do this <laughs> and and like you were actually kind of lucky on this one because we were able to get you set up with video clips throughout the week because San Remo was dropping them through the week and Latvia had the semifinals so we could pull from those performances but it, it's a lot of project management I'll put it that way <laughs> you must have some serious excel worksheets oh yeah excel Airtable, uh google sheets like we, we've got them all so <laughs> There was some news that came out earlier this week. Uh, they've announced who the hosts are going to be for this year's contest. Petra Mead and Malin Ackerman. Petra has hosted Eurovision two times before, a very popular Swedish host. And uh, Malin Ackerman, I'm familiar with the name. I'm not really familiar with her work. Well, so I, I think I mostly know her from uh, being in the, the Watchmen movie. But yeah, I mean, I was looking through her wikipedia entry and i'm like okay i know a lot of these titles they're just movies i haven't seen I, i'm in the exact same boat like I, I saw she was on one episode of drunk history which i did a watch through this summer so it's like okay I, I know i've seen her once and uh i guess she was the squirrel last season on masked singer so like there's a credit that is the venn diagram for the show but uh yeah uh, i mean it is a name good get for sweden and eurovision they have big shoes to follow certainly they did such a great job last year in Liverpool, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Also happening midweek, Israel concluded their contestant selection process, and Edin Golan will be their representative at Eurovision. Uh, song submissions are open until the end of this week, I believe, and the song is expected to be released sometime in March. 
It's been relatively quiet on the selection front. We've only had three selections this weekend, no new songs really dropping, uh, just kind of waiting for the onslaught of February. Kicking off on Saturday was Finland and their UMK process. Ben was at the show, and we will be doing a Patreon episode sometime later this month where he gets to talk about his Helsinki adventure. It looked like it was a lot of fun. Uh, Finland kind of pulled out all of the stops. Like It was uh, a lot of guest performances from some of the highlight acts from the last few UMKs. I kind of got the feeling that this was what Finland would have wanted to do with Eurovision had they won last year. Yeah, unfortunately, the feed I was seeing kept falling out, so I didn't see most of the interval acts. Oh, no. I know, including the ones I really would have wanted to see, but I'm hoping that I can catch those on YouTube or something at some point. Wiley, uh, their broadcaster, has a really strong YouTube presence, and I believe they keep it on demand on their website. So going into Saturday's show, there were uh, seven contestants. Who was your pick from previewing? The one that I enjoyed the most is the one that came in last place. <laughs> I liked Cine Sabotage. I really did. When I first watched the video, I was like, oh, she's like the Finnish Kylie Minogue. I can work with this. I liked her voice. I liked her presence. And I thought she did a good job on stage. I was really shocked that she came in last. Yeah, I was shocked that she got such a low televote. But maybe going first, maybe a lot of people missed the performance or... I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah, I agree. That was that was one of my favorite songs going into the show as well. The other one that I liked and the one that I felt really confident would have won was uh, Vox Populi. I thought they had a lot of stage presence. I thought it was a fun, upbeat number. It seemed like the kind of thing that would have won, but nope. The song that did win that we're, I think we're trying to avoid talking about is Windows 95 Man and the song No Rules. One of the things about Finland's process is it's 25% jury vote and 75% public vote. Windows 95 Man came in dead last in the jury vote. Only four juries gave them points out of the seven juries participating. Oh, I can't believe that I have to support the jury method. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't make me support juries. All I can say is I am not on the Finnish televote wavelength on this one. Here's the thing with this song, for me. I like a, a, a good novelty song, a, a weird song I can appreciate, I can really enjoy, I can name a lot of Eurovision songs like that, that I liked a lot. Croatia's song last year was weird, it was quirky, it was out there, and I enjoyed it. Here's the thing, though, you have to commit to the bit, right? Like, Croatia, whatever it was they were trying to say, they were just all about that message, weird as it was, Right? They weren't being all wink-wink, nudge-nudge, look at us, aren't we being quirky. It wasn't pointing at itself. I feel like this No Rule song, it's all about the winking and the nudging and the hey, look at us-ism of it. And that turns me off. Like, somebody being like, hey, aren't we fun, aren't we weird? I, I, I just don't want to listen to that. And that's what I got. It's, to me, this was like uh, Eat Your Salad that way. Oh, Okay. See, I really like to eat your salad, so like it's like that that, that kind of cut to the bone, but yeah. <laughs> 
I get what they are going for here. I, I think what's kind of weird about it is from the interviews that I've been seeing after the show, I don't think they were expecting to win either. They got a really good position in the running order finishing up the show. Uh, I, I think the giant blue jeans egg, or, or jeg, uh, as Ben was calling it. I mean, it is it is a stunning visual. There were certainly some visuals in that performance, I, I will say that. There's probably going to be some changes between now and uh, Malma. I would think, yes. Not just with the uh, pantslessness, although they could probably get away with that. Um, but yeah, uh, the name Windows 95 Man and all of the Microsoft logos and stuff are probably going to have to go so that no rules can comply with the contest <laughs> rules. <laughs> oh, I love irony. You know, they had a very tough thing to do this year. I mean, how do you follow up Karia? And uh, they aren't. So maybe that's for the best. Maybe this gives them a year or two to like come up with something truly great. Do you think this song will actually qualify? Yes. Well, hmm. Because the semifinals are all televote, I think it stands a better chance. Like if there was a jury component of it, I would be very worried about this entry. They are in the first semifinal, and that is shaping up to be a tough semifinal, so it's probably going to be a little bit of a fight, but Croatia was in a tough semifinal last year, and they got through. So uh, I, I think you're right about the Croatia comparison here. Yeah, except that I think the Croatia one was a far better song. The semifinal's only 15 songs, so you just have to be better than five, and there's still a lot to be revealed uh, before <laughs> before we have to start making some cuts. And this song does reveal a lot. Also happening Saturday afternoon was Latvia's Supernova. The process started out with 15 songs that got cut down to 10 after last week's semifinal. And the winner coming out of that process was Don's and the song Hollow. What were your thoughts about Latvia's entries? Because I, I feel like of the three, this one had the most variety in terms of quality and content. I would agree with that. When I'm watching the performances, I take brief notes on every song just so I can remember which one is which. My notes are very varied on this. Um, <laughs> How many question marks are on the page? <laughs> um, like, I can read, a f I, without revealing which song is which, I'll just reveal some of the things I scribbled down. Uh, one of them was not actively irritating. One was ugh in so many ways. I don't want to just do the negative ones here. Um, one was just fun and retro. But yeah, I, I, liked, I liked Hollow. This was one of my favorites, and I thought it was... Clearly the most Eurovision-y of the options available. Like, I am not at all surprised at this one. I'm not either. Yeah, like, my, my note on this one was, objectively, this should win. And <laughs> even though Lavia had, I, I felt a lot of choices, particularly on the Eurovision-y-ness potential. Did this song remind you of Hozier singing Take Me to Church? Oh, Yes, I see where you're going with that one. Yes, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was reminding me of, but that that is the type of song. Yeah, I, I feel like this song, it takes a little while to get to the fireworks factory, but yeah, it's the kind of current power ballad that I expect to hear several times in any given Eurovision. And I think he's got good stage presence. I like the song. I think, 
you know, I think it's an easy qualify. It'll do fine. Latvia's not qualified for the grand final since 2016. Like oh, that, it, it's, wow. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've, since they've made it. Well, I, yeah, I think they'll be very happy then because I don't, I don't see this not qualifying. I feel like this is just like throwing it like right down the middle. And uh, Latvia just brings so much personality. And I don't know if this song really matches that personality, but maybe Latvia is just like, no, we really need to just qualify and we, we can bring personality later. So. <laughs> that was that was what I was thinking as well. This was not what I think of when I think of a Latvian entry, but I can thoroughly see why they decided to... Uh, take the other fork in the road this time so yeah yeah and Don's has competed in their national selection a number of times and i think he's been the runner-up a number of times so it's his turn and yeah i'm I'm glad that he's going in with a song that will probably do well unless it just gets lost in the shuffle depending on how the second semi-final shapes up but it's gonna have to shape up in a very very strong way i think because like he is delivering a solid vocal on this oh absolutely the same way that my favorite song in Finland came in last place, my favorite song from Latvia was, when I looked at the odds, the one with the longest odds. I didn't actually check to see where it finished, but I really liked Mindbreaker. Like I said before, it had a really fun retro feel. Not retro in just a cheesy way, but I don't know. I just had a lot of fun watching that one. Yeah, like it, it had that kind of like mid-2000s like indie rock vibe about it a little bit a little bit yeah that's not usually my genre but um yeah i i don't know i this is one of the few that i watched more than once the bright side is the cat song did not win so (laughs) (laughs) it came in third though which god does not surprise me but it's also like (laughs) that song is terrible But, like, that, that is what I expect in a Latvian national final. Like, they have had other songs like that that have also done, like, second, third, fourth place. And <laughs> I mean, aside from the fact that I don't like the song, it's like she wasn't even committing to it. It's not like she was coming out in some big, giant cat outfit. It was just like a little couple little freaking ears on the head. <laughs> well, she had to save something if she made it to Melma. So. <laughs> and the thing that is most wild about that song... Four songwriters. What? Yeah. <laughs> How? I, that's, I, that's like the seven on tattoo. Uh, but the big event on Saturday was Italy and its San Remo process. Uh, yeah, it's been a very long week in Italy. Uh, the contest started on Tuesday, where all 30 songs competing performed. Uh, they were then split into two groups of 15 for Wednesday and Thursday show. All 30 acts performed medleys or duets or covers on Friday night. And then one more time through the running order on Saturday before a winner was declared uh, a little bit after 2.30 a.m. local time. Did you watch any of the actual San Remo process or did you just stick with video? No, no, no. I I watched the uh, I mean, I didn't watch it live, of course. Mm. But uh, yeah, once they put it up for on demand, I watched all 30 of the performances on their website. I thought this was a pretty good year. Um, I mean, given this is my first year, what the hell do I know? But, you know, the very first video I saw was Angelina Mango. (laughs) 
I was like, wow, this is a pretty good start. I can't wait to hear all 30 of these. And then I got to the end and I was like, yeah, they started me out with probably the best one. I, I think it's a great winning choice. I like the song. I've listened to it two or three times now, and I suspect it's just going to keep growing on me as, like, I learn, you know, what the lyrics mean and that sort of thing. She can sing. She can do the rap part. She's got good stage presence. She has a good outfit. Like, I I think, you know, she can put on a good three-minute show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the winner was Angelina Mango with the song La Noia. Every single performance that she did throughout the week was just like, oh, fantastic. But really, like, I think the top five that they had were a fantastic top five. It was Jolier, Angelina, Annalisa, Irama, and Gali. Uh, Mahmoud came in six. So, like, really, really top six. Really top ten. I, I Actually, no. I, <laughs> like, I, I was so happy with how the entire rankings kind of played out like as they were going through announcing the results it's like no I, I agree with that placement like i think there was only maybe one swap that i would have done but uh yeah it, this was a very strong field and it's also the first time in a very long time that italy has had a woman win san remo huh yeah like the last time a solo female artist won was back in 2014 although i mean i do associate Italy at Eurovision with, you know, uh, a young man really moting a lot. So, yeah. Well, that was one of my questions for you, because when I was going through these 30 videos, I was like, wow, there are a lot of earnest young men singing their lungs out. Is this because of Marco last year, or is this something that you can always expect at Italy? Oh, I think you can always expect it at Italy. Okay. Like, if Il Volo is not there or Diodato is not there, you're going to get somebody who is going to fill the slots that they are occupying and it, it's 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 a very earnest contest and i and i think that is just kind of part of its legacy like even going back to the 1950s like you're going to get those sort of performances you're definitely not going to get a windows 95 man at san remo i'm suspecting <laughs> so i had some questions since this is my first san remo so first of all i thought it was really cool seeing the orchestra which I gather is how Eurovision used to work back in the old days, right? So there was like one orchestra for all the acts. Is that right? Yep. Yes, it was uh, one orchestra, and then the delegations would bring their own conductor. Okay, but all, but for these acts at San Remo, it's all the same orchestra, same conductor, everything, right? I think they can bring in their own conductor. Uh, like a as I was watching the show, like there were some conductor introductions. So I don't know if that's like. Okay maybe announcing a changing of the guard or if it is for that particular song that uh, somebody is conducting. It does kind of put the the uh, performers into a little bit of a box, though, because some numbers are going to work better with a full orchestra than others, right? I can see that. Although I, th I think it also brings in some creativity in the performances. Like, I mean, like Monoskin, they had the orchestra when they were performing in San Remo. And like when the strings come in on Zitti Buoni, like that... That is a tingling moment. I think a song that wouldn't normally have orchestration like, could either be elevated or at least put a spin on on a track. I guess, but I, I feel like you want to see the artist's vision for the song, though, right? Yeah, well, hmm. Yeah, this is kind of getting into the area where I, I'm not entirely sure how the San Remo process works. Like, if these are songs that are made for San Remo 
or if they're songs that were just out there and just like, oh, I'll submit this to San Remo. I really like this one. Kind, kind of the same way with Eurovision, where there are just some songs where it's like, oh, I just had this single. I'm just going to submit it or I'm making a song for Eurovision. Another question I had, I noticed that all 30 of the songs were completely in Italian. And I was wondering, is that a rule at San Remo? I can't think of any exceptions offhand. It would not surprise me uh, if that was a rule or just like an expectation. Because, I mean, this is a show for an Italian audience. We just happen to have access to it. <laughs> I was looking at the ratings this morning, and the final had a 74% share. For comparison in the U.S., last year's Super Bowl had a 77% share. So like, it is it is comparable to the Super Bowl. Sure. I just found it odd because even countries like France and Germany will occasionally submit a song that's in English. You know, and Italy, I mean, I looked at the Wikipedia page. Everything they've ever submitted has been in Italian, occasionally Italian and English. So mm. that's why I was wondering if maybe this is an official rule of their contest, that it must be in Italian. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything explicitly uh, that says that. Uh, like, I I'm, I'm imagine it's not really come up as an issue. Or, like, if there have been songs that have been submitted that are in English, they're just like, eh, the selection committee may just pass on it. So <laughs> it could just be, like, a de facto rule. You know, I do think it's true that, you know, if you have a mediocre song and you sing it in Italian, it becomes a much better song. If you're working with maybe the best singing language to begin with, you know, why rock the boat? Exactly. One thing I, that did surprise me a little bit when I was watching all of the performances was how much synthesizer there was. I was not expecting that. This did feel like a kind of synth-heavy year, so I, I don't know if that's just maybe a trend in Italian music right now or um, what is going on with that. But yeah, like, I mean, even though they have the orchestra, it's not a completely acoustic, unplugged performance yeah, venue yeah that just gave some of the songs a more dated feel than i was expecting going through all 30 of these videos one after the other there was an element of sameness here when there was something that wasn't an earnest ballad i was like oh you have my attention but the quality overall uh i mean certainly i would say the average quality the highest of the three countries we're talking about here Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like that that is the thing with San Remo where it's just like your your likes and dislikes are more about personal taste than like objective quality of song. The other song that I really liked, I I can go ahead and predict that we are going to greatly disagree on this one <laughs> just based on what I know of our disagreements in the past on songs. And and I will preface this by saying that this is my first time Doing this selection process, I've heard most of these songs once. My opinions have no inherent value whatsoever. I really liked Vi by Alpha. I liked that one too. You did? I liked it for what it was doing. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think part of what made that one, I, I feel like it kind of underperformed in the rankings a little bit. And I think it was because it was one of the last songs to go on the first night. And that means it was on at like 1.30 in the morning. Oh, uh, wow. For the Italian audience. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, I had never heard an Italian song with like a U.S. country influence to it before. And that really, I found that very intriguing. I found him to be very charismatic and like really had like strong stage presence. Like, oh, he worked that stage. Yeah. Performing at 1.30 in the morning or like 7.30 at night. Like he was like, oh yeah, he, he is bringing the correct energy to this track. That was one that I would have liked to see a little bit higher in the rankings. Not necessarily like top five or anything like that, but uh, yeah, good good showing overall, I think. 
See, that's the thing. Like, with ballads, I kind of need to sit with them for a while. Like, with an upbeat number, I usually know quickly if it's for me or not. Even last year, Marco Mignoni's song ended up being my second favorite of the competition. But the first time I heard it, I was like, mm, you know, he's pretty. It's 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 a nice song. But I, I once I sat with it, I was like, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. And I think that's how I would be with a lot of these songs. A lot of these songs, I have the note, could grow on me. Like Mahmood's song, uh, I wrote that I didn't like it as much as his two previous Eurovision songs. You know, I, I thought that it had its moments, but maybe need to up the drama a little bit. Um, but I also have, you know, this could grow on me. And also, give somebody else a damn chance. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing about Italy's process, uh, aside from being very, very thorough, is the winner of San Remo does not necessarily go to Eurovision. It is a kind of right of first refusal situation. But Angelina did confirm that she will be going to Eurovision. And uh, I think Italy is going to uh, have a good time in Malmo. Honestly, I don't see this song winning Eurovision, but I think it should do pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like Italy was very spoiled for choice this year, as they usually are. But um, yeah, I think really any of the top five really would have stood a strong chance. I remember I messaged you maybe a month or two ago, and when I read an article saying who was going to be at San Remo this year, and I was like, I may have to watch my first (laughs) selection process, because Italy, they ain't screwing around this year. Exactly. Yeah. And that that's why we thought of you for this episode, because it's just like, oh, it, Trip might actually be watching San Remo. Like, he will have thoughts about this. So, um, but yeah, like it was a tournament of champions and uh, yeah, a new champion was crowned, which is very exciting. But it really was nice to see what, you know, Diodato and Il Volo and all that, those guys were up to now. They all seem to be doing fine. Well, I'm sure we will see them either next year or the year after. Like they, they are uh, San Remo diehards. Well, I have no problem with that. Along with those big selections on Saturday, there were the minor selections of various semifinal heats. Lithuania had their final heat of their Eurovisielt process. The two acts that advanced were The Roop and their song Simple Joy, and Queens of Roses with their song Walk Through Fire. And Trip, you just did a little happy dance when I mentioned The Roop? Or- <laughs> Yeah, I'm just so... I I watched the video for Simple Joy, and on first glance, I don't like it as much as their two previous Eurovision songs, but... I mean, I loved On Fire. That if, if 2020 had happened, that would have been who I was pulling for. And I loved Disco the next year, too, so I'm happy for the Roop. I'm not surprised by this result at all. As soon as the Roop was in the lineup, she's like, oh, well, they're winning whatever semifinal they're in. <laughs> and uh, that that was the case. They won both the jury and the televote. They are the only act from the qualifying heats to do that this season. So they may have an easy time in next week's final. It'd be fun to see them again in a quote-unquote normal Eurovision scenario to yeah. see how they stack up. I, I do wish I liked the song a little more than I do, but, you know, I'll still take it. It's still the Roop. I think this is another one where it might just take a little time to grow on me. Like, Maybe. I I didn't love the staging of it. No, um, not that dancing. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, not the dancing, not the kind of leprechaun chic that <laughs> yes. seemed to be rocking. Um, yeah, I, I don't think green is the right color or that shade of green. It was... It was not flattering, no. 
they know how to do staging. I, I, I think once, once they see how this played on TV, they'll, they'll probably make some edits. Sweden had their second heat of Melody Festivalen. The two that went directly to final were Liamu and Dragon and Maria Sir with When I'm Gone. The two acts that are now in the wildcard pool are Dear Sarah and her song The Silence After You and Froken Snusk with the song Unga and Fria. Uh, I hope they don't win just so that you don't have to try and say that every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, do you think I'm struggling? Uh, <laughs> Next week's Heat is going to feature Cassiopeia, who is one of the co-writers of Tattoo. Who isn't? And also was a co-writer on Wonderland, our uh, winner from the American Song Contest. Clara Klingenstrom, who's a Melfest alum, and Gunilla Persson, who is one of the Swedish Real Housewives. And yeah, I found her Wikipedia entry. <laughs> wild, wild Wikipedia entry. Yeah, I, I I saw this in the in the show notes, so I went to the Wikipedia entry and I was reading through this and I was like, there's nothing that wild. And then I got to the last paragraph and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull that up here. Oh, yes. On 22 May 2018, Pearson was arrested by Palm Beach police on a felony grand theft charge for stealing sunglasses. She was released the following morning after posting a $5,000 bond. End of Wikipedia entry. It's just like, wait, wait, I need closure on this story. (laughs) (laughs) But there was more than that, too, though. I mean, she was involved with somebody, somebody unexpected, I think. I was like, wait, what? Uh, oh, yeah, she had a romance with Prince Albert of Monaco. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> so she she met her guy in acting class in Dallas, <laughs> had a romance with Prince Albert, and got arrested for sunglass theft. It's like, wait, what? What is what? And she was on the show Dallas while she was living in Dallas. Like, it's just... <laughs> so, so, and I was like the one person who watched the modern version of Dallas, so I probably saw her. Oh, I thought that was referring to... Oh, well, it says the 1980s soap opera. Maybe it was oh. the reboot. Well, let's like she would have been really young, but not outside the possibility. Like maybe the reboot was based on her. I think I watched one episode of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I think I'm rooting for her just because that like, like I, I think she's going to bring some sort of chaotic energy. And I, I think Sweden kind of needs that this year. Yeah, I I would not mind seeing them do a 180 and doing something just totally out of left field, which, you know, I mean, that's what that's kind of what you expect a host country to do. So they do not have to qualify. So go nuts, please. Germany, they had their wild card selection process this past week. It started with four contestants, but then one had to drop out because she got sick. Hmm. The winner was Florian and his song Scars. So that will be joining the rest of the field in Germany's Das Deutschen Finale, which will be happening this Friday. Maybe this will be the year Germany pulls out of the near basement. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I still need to listen through the entries. I was not really impressed by Scars, but maybe that was why it was in the wildcard process and not the main field. And that is going to be the first of five songs to be selected this coming weekend. Happening on Saturday. It's a super Saturday. It's the superest Saturday of this Eurovision season. 
Moldova's Etapa Nacionala. There are 11 acts competing in that. Estonia's Estelol, five acts from last month's semifinal, will join the five auto qualifiers. It should be a good show. I, I like this year's lineup. Uh, Lithuania, as we mentioned, will be wrapping up on Saturday. It will probably be the Roop, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a, a surprise from Ilsenso, who also had a strong televote presence. Denmark will have their Dansk Melody Grand Prix. There are eight acts competing, including their 2014 representative, Basim. Voting is actually open all week. There will be a televote and text vote and web vote. It got really complicated very quickly. Uh, I, they may be keeping their number wang system that they were using last year for <laughs> revealing the scores. It was, yeah, uh, D- Denmark likes to make this unusually complicated. Uh, they they will have a twenty person jury. Whoa. Yeah, with uh, 10 Danish jurors and, for the first time ever, 10 international jurors. Like it, It's a lot of process for hopefully finding an entry that will get them back into it, the grand final of some sort. <laughs> is, is that common that a national final would bring in international jurors? It's pretty common. I mean, um, th- and this may also be confusion on my part. Like, my understanding is this is one jury that is split between Danish and international jurors. Usually, if there's an international component, it's like, well, hmm, I guess Spain's process, that was an international jury, and they were all one jury. But, like, Finland's process, they had seven juries from different countries. I mean, I guess that's just so you have a sense of how it might go internationally when, if it, once it's on the stage. But it just feels a little weird to me. Like, this is something that you were sending out to represent your country. It's like an expression of your national identity. It just feels weird to bring in outsiders to decide which one it's going to be. It's just kind of my gut response. Yeah, and I really think it kind of comes down to the purpose of the show making the selection. Like, I I don't think you're going to get an international jury at something like San Remo. They've only done it like once or twice at Albania's Festival de Congas, but like neither one of those are technically Eurovision selection processes. Eurovision's just kind of part of the prize package. These are their national music festivals. They just happen to also use it to pick their Eurovision entry. Okay, I can see that then. But for something like Dansk Melody Grand Prix that exists for the purpose of choosing a Eurovision entry, I think having the international component makes sense. This implementation of the international component is slightly different. And I don't know, it could work. It could not work. It could do both simultaneously. I don't know. (laughs) Denmark can bend space and time. I'm not sure. (laughs) And then uh, Iceland's Song Vakepnen process will also be beginning on Saturday. That one is two semifinals and a final. So uh, a little bit smaller, a little bit chiller. A nice little break from all of the other selections that will be happening on Saturday. And then San Marino will begin their Una Voce per San Marino process on Monday. Uh, They have 120-some semifinalists. Thank you for not putting me on that week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, their process, it's like that is actually just like an internal process that they happen to televise. Like there's no public vote. There's no... 
audience input whatsoever. It's just kind of showing the audition process for these 120-some contestants, of which 20 will advance to the final that'll be happening a week from Saturday. I'm kind of excited about it, but I'm already kind of pre-tired. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, Tripp, how was your experience interacting with the national finals? You know, I enjoyed it. Thank you for guiding me through my first time trying this. Uh, Even if you did throw me in the deep end, like I said. I was talking to another friend and he said, yeah, if you're only going to watch two ever, I mean, San Remo and UMK are the two to to watch. So I, I feel like I got as good an intro as I could possibly get. This was a solid set. I'm looking at next week's set. Um... Hmm. Estee Lol, maybe. If you enjoyed Latvia and kind of want to take the weirdness up a notch, uh, Moldova would be a good choice. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I tend to like Moldova's variety of weirdness at Eurovision. Yeah, and they actually have a pretty good field this year. I, I'm eager to see what comes out of Moldova's process. But uh, w- will you be checking out any other national finals this season? Or w- was this a uh, too heavy a dose? <laughs> uh, well, I like I said, I enjoyed this dose. Uh, I think I need to build up to doing more than this. So I suspect from this point on, I will just be watching the winners as they come out. And then once they're all out, just watching all of the videos over and over and over and over and over. That is a healthier way of going about this. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? I've removed myself from a particular social media platform that need not be named. And now I'm on Blue Sky. Uh, so you can find me at Puzzle Trip on Blue Sky. And I have a bunch of quizzes on sporkle.com some of which involve eurovision and you're welcome to go play those awesome we will have links to both of those in our show notes that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the euro what podcast is hosted by mike mccomb that's me and ben smith who's not here If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, such as Ben's upcoming dispatches from UMK, head on over to patreon.com slash eurowhat. Our full coverage of the 2024 Eurovision Song Contest can be found on our website at eurowhat.com. Next time on the show, we've got Super Saturday upon us and at least five more songs selected by this time next week.